Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpaste created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody, on the Collider podcast feed? Lots of uh, changes and news for you guys, so if you're listening to this... Look, here's how it goes. Movie Talk's pretty easy. Movie Talk, you got Movie Talk five days a week. You got Mailbag on Saturday and Sunday. And Afterthoughts, the Collider Afterthoughts with Jay Williams and Snelling. That is also on the Collider Movie Talk feed. Collider Heroes, you got that twice a week. John Schnepp breaking down everything in the latest and greatest in the world of comic book movies. Check that out. Two days a week. Make sure you subscribe to Collider Heroes. Collider Jedi Council. I am on that every week talking Star Wars. Go to the feed, Collider Jedi Council, and get that. Now, we also have my show, One-on-One with Christian Harloff. I have long-form interviews with people breaking it down and just having conversations about everything going on in their lives. Go and uh, check that feed out. But the two things I really want to talk to you guys about today are... Collider, uh, the Collider Factory. Collider Factory is something where we are, we put all these shows in there for you guys. If you're listening to them, we look at the downloads and we say, wait a minute, maybe eventually this thing can have its own feed. But right now, the three things, we have some great shows in there if you go to the Collider Factory. We have the Collider.com podcast by Matt Goldberg and Adam Chitwood. Um, the guys from Collider.com have give you their unique takes on the world of film and things going on inside of it. Collider Body Slam. Collider Body Slam is our wrestling podcast. John Roca, Aaron Turner, and special guests come in. Sometimes it's Jay Washington, it's myself, and we break down the world of what's going on in WWE, NXT, other things happening in the world of professional wrestling. That's a really fun show, and that's in Collider Factory. But the big news here, Collider Factory is now going to be the home of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. That's right, two days a week, our popular movie trivia show with a hint of the WWE aspect to it. That will be on the Collider Factory feed. Go there, and if you want to get it, do that. And after the the show, the Schmodown Rundown, Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore will also now live in that feed. So make sure the Collider Factory is your destination for all those fun shows. Last time, Body Slam, Collider.com, the Schmodown and the Schmodown Rundown, all on the Collider Factory feed. It's a lot of fun stuff for you guys to digest on your work, on your ride to work or at the gym. Do it and let the English see you do it. That's from Braveheart. Will Han Solo get some sequels? Dave Filoni headed back to the animated world, and is Mara Jade going to show up in the movies? You can find out on Jedi Council right now.
What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Collider Jedi Cancel. It's our Star Wars show. We are here today to talk, you guessed it, Star Wars. Lots of things that we have going on. Man, what a breaking story we had today in the animated world. And yes, not only are we going to talk about it, we're going to talk, to, uh, talk about it with the guy that broke the story. That's in a little <laughs> bit. But first, I have to tell you guys a couple things um, going on in the world of Jedi Council here. Um, the first thing that you guys should know is that you have to subscribe to the channel, yes, but you also need to hit that bell. Make sure that when you hit that bell, when you subscribe, that way you know every Thursday when Jedi Council comes out. Now, that's, that's the obvious, right? We've talked to you guys about that. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that we are going to be doing, get this, an episode from Denny's. That's right, Denny's, who's doing a big promotional push on Solo, and we're going to be doing an episode there. And you guys, you guys have a chance to come watch Jedi Council live at a Denny's, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So all you got to do is you go to, uh, you have to email this in, and you write, I want to watch Jedi Council at Denny's, and you send that to collidervideo at gmail.com. The first 40 emails will be responded to with details about the taping, the location, and the time, and you'll get to sample the, the solo Star Wars story menu, and you get to place a box. So that's right. So do that right now. That's all we got. So let's get the show started. A lot to talk about. And Ken Knapsack is back. Ken, you're hey. here. Why don't you say hello and then introduce our guest, please? Uh, well, hello, everybody. Hello. Glad to be back. Uh, you know, I want to. Can I email and go to this Denny show? You uh, can be, I watch? You, you will not be here. I know. I know. Actually, we're going to do about two or three. Oh, we'll that's good. That. Yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be in Las Vegas next weekend uh, doing the professional wrestling thing. But we have a very special guest here today. His stories, I I love, but also leading up to movies, I avoid because they're so damn good the pictures are good i always feel like the, i feel like i'm watching the movie he's so good at breaking these stories from entertainment weekly anthony bresnick welcome anthony. i'm good thanks for having me on oh, nice to actually on the council you. yeah I know, you're on the council finally and the thing is so it's and ken had mentioned that anthony too like you you mean you break so many great star wars stories here we talk about your stories all the time and we've been trying to maneuver this make it happen finally get to do it and what a day to do that because uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask some questions. There are going to be some that you're going to yeah. say I can't answer that. But, <laughs> but, but, but we're going to ask a bunch. But we're also going to obviously Anthony is a tremendous Star Wars fans like the rest of us. So we're going to talk about some of these stories. We're going to theorize. We're going to speculate. And Ken, what's the first thing we got going on in the world of you guessed it, Star Wars movie news? Everything that pertains to the world of Star Wars and the movie news. Now we last week we said we named the droid. We lied. Uh, it's too complicated. We're going to name him again. So keep keep naming. <laughs> we have, we haven't decided yet. I thought CEO. <laughs> we announced. The winner, and you're like, announced nah. it was like C O L one D three R, and I was listening to the Afterthoughts guys, and they were right. It's like it's too confusing. There's no one. It's a, it's a it's a mess. So let's rename the droid, and we'll we'll come back next week. But it's Star Wars movie <laughs> news. Ken, what's up first? All right, let's go to an article in Esquire about. Uh, well, Solo, a Star Wars story is coming out, and Alden Ehrenreich, a lot of focus on him. We know that. A lot of focus has been there for a while. And then you started to see the trailers, and even more focus, zero laser focus on Alden, and he is ready to prove to the world that he is Han Solo. He also talks in this article, possibly about Lord and Miller, which, you know, he's a gentleman. I would expect sure. him to. And also... In a weird way, and this is why I love we have a good proper newsman here, confirms <laughs> what I thought we already knew, which is he was signed for three films, but Felicity Jones was signed for multiple films, right. uh, yeah. Diego Luna. That's not necessarily new news, but it's out there. No, and this is kind of – I have two thoughts on – A. For, first of all, the fact that uh, the, the three deal, that's, that's what you do, and I had mentioned this on Movie Talk. If you don't sign him to a three-picture deal and you're that person that didn't sign him and then it blows up and it's the most profitable Star Wars movie of all time and you do want to do a sequel, well, we didn't sign – him to you're fired. I mean yeah. that that's what happens. And the, 
They sign them. I don't think it means anything because of all the release dates of things that they're going to be putting out, whether it's an Obi-Wan movie, whether it's the, you know, the, you've got the, the um, Benioff and Weiss stuff coming out, the Ryan Johnson. There's too many movies right now. I don't think we're going to get a solo sequel anytime soon, but it makes sense to have them locked in. But what I will say is that the comments that he made about Lord Miller, I think that it more confirms, and, and I know that you kind of had your nose in, in a lot of this. You can tell me if I'm completely off base here, but what I think still happen. All the reports and rumors that we heard on the set there was that Kasdan had a script. Lord and Miller were not following said script. Uh, Alden was taking the direction of his directors and saying, okay, you want me to improv? Then I'll do some improv, but I don't think he had the lock on it. The rumors of the acting coach came in. It wasn't that because he wasn't good, because they want to make sure that he had the essence of what Han Solo was and not this vision of what Lord and Miller were doing with him. But he's a professional, so he's going to say some you know, kind things. It's like they did their thing. It wasn't what the, the people over at Lucasfilm wanted to do. So we moved on. It's exactly what I thought had been reported. He's just kind of confirming it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the problems that they had with Lucasfilm are pretty well documented. Right. I wrote about it. Other people have written about it. They've talked about it. Kathy Kennedy has gone on the record to say one of the big problems was just they weren't meeting their schedule, right? So right. they could see there was going to be a massive overrun. They were taking this more casual approach to improvisation. They were deviating from the script. So all that's kind of, it's known, right? So uh, I didn't find that particularly groundbreaking, but he was nice about it. The acting coach thing really bothers me because from the get-go, I feel like that was misrepresented, that yeah. people hear acting coach and they think, oh, he can't act. Right. That's not true at all. You have two actors who are used to directing animation, uh, directing performance by talking to somebody who's going to manipulate a character or they're directing through improvisation with comedians who are steeped in that. Yep. And uh, the acting coach is often there on a movie set to help the actor get into the mindset, that give them the information they need to tr- sort of translate that with a director who maybe isn't so used to working with an actor in this setup. Right. Yeah, Ken. I think that if you if you you're never going to get unless you're like close to to all, and you're not ever going to get the 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 open answer, which is probably look. I was a bit stressed out. I think I was a bit stressed stressed out probably. because yeah, it was maybe it's improv. That's not what he probably signed up to do because you had the script of what Kazan. Again, the rumors are it's one of the best Star Wars scripts of all time. He reads the script as an actor. He thinks this is what he's going to do, and then he's told to do other things. As a pro, he probably did it, but. I bet you if you talked to him on a one-on-one level, no cameras on, and you were able to do he probably was like, I was kind of glad Ron Howard came in and directed the script that I read and auditioned for in the first place. I, I believe his fear was that he was going to get fired, that he was the one on the way out. Yeah. I think that's kind of where his mind might have been going, and, and understandable. You've got Lord Miller. These guys are just dropping hits left and right, and you're this uh, young, uh, you know, not uh, you know, not undiscovered. He's, he's heading Hail Caesar, but just kind of, you're up and coming, and you're up against that. It's a big break. It's yeah. a big break, mm-hmm. yeah. I would probably be in it too, but yeah, Anthony, you're so right. We, we definitely have echoed the same sentiments of uh, calm down on the acting coach, not <laughs> What, no, abnormal thing in Hollywood. What I find is like, there's a lot of scrutiny on these movies. And look, the, the, the process of making any film is really intense, and yeah. there's always a lot of drama there. Uh, but I find like when these Star Wars films come out, or they're in the process of coming out, and there's a report of uh, difficulty on the set. And we didn't get that from The Last Jedi. We did hear a lot about that on, uh, on Rogue One, major reshoots on that. That whenever you come out and say, well, here's what it is, and it's not as it's serious, but it's not as dire as the worst predictions... People seem to want to believe the worst, sure. even though there is no franchise out there, including Marvel, that is willing to backtrack when they feel they've gone 
even slightly off course and correct. Most filmmakers from indie Sundance wannabes who are trying to make a name for themselves to even moderately budgeted movies would love to have the resources to say, let's go back and reshoot, let's fix, let's change, let's pause. And Star Wars is one of the only films that can actually do that. They're working with a blank check. But why do you think the fans are, some fans are so eager to believe the worst case scenario? Well, I think because we start to add up um, some of the scenarios there too. And we're going to talk about this in the next story, but I think maybe with a certain approach that Kathleen Kennedy has to with making these films is that the one thing with Ryan Johnson, he was the more experienced, I think more experienced filmer than filmmaker than Lauren Miller, more experienced filmmaker than, um, and Gareth Edwards. And if you listen to all the stuff that Tony Gilroy just said, it doesn't look like Gareth Edwards had anything to do with those reshoots. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty much just sitting back and that was a big report. And then Gilroy comes out and pretty much confirms that a couple weeks ago, she was hiring the kind of hot, cool filmmakers because of things that they've done successfully too. And I think that fans now, because they keep hearing about these things, right away go, well, here's another problem. Why aren't they just getting it right on the first shot? So when it keeps happening, I don't think it's unfair to, for fans to start saying, what's happening over there? Yeah. Why does it keep happening? Because there are also reports, and this one is less documented, that J.J. and her weren't on the same page during Force Awakens, although you didn't see as much because again, more experience. I think lawyer. he was more secretive than she wanted to be. Yeah, you know, I know that was an area of disconnect. But I think, look, in any office, there's going to be disconnect. I'm <laughs> sure that that never happens here. <laughs> never, never. No, not not no, ever, everybody. Never. Sort of right. always shares the same exact vision. There's never any dispute. But also, that's the spark that leads to a lot of great creativity. Right. Think about The Godfather. No set was more troubled than The Godfather. No director was Apocalypse in more now. peril. Yeah. But even Apocalypse Now, like that was more like. Uh, Francis is off in the jungle. He's just doing his thing. Everybody's coked to the eyeballs. <laughs> right, yeah, like, right, right. We don't know if this is ever actually even going to be a movie, but The Godfather, they had a pretty tight rein on that. He was not an experienced director. He mm-hmm. had a couple of films, uh, but was in danger of being fired you right. know, at every, almost every step of the way. And, I mean, one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, so, and, Same and, with Back to the Future. Look at the big change up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Completely. the greatest And I think that... And, and, it's, it's fair comparisons also, and also so different because of the internet culture. Mm-hmm. And because back then, you could shoot those movies that you just mentioned, and the reports don't get out until way later about all that stuff. And no, like the general audience doesn't know about the Eric Stoltz stuff until like years later. Maybe Eric Stoltz was in that yeah. movie? If that happened today, oh, yeah. you would know Eric Stoltz was in it right immediately. It was yeah. almost like an urban legend. Did, yeah, you, yeah, hear, yeah, did yeah. you hear the right. other kid? It was another Marty? Like, right. yeah. So, but anyway, but the point is that there are, there, there are these reports. I think Anthony's 100% that there'll be other Star Wars movies that have problems. It doesn't matter if, if Kathleen Kennedy is running it or if she's not running it. It's like there's always going to be something that happens because if you're making this many movies that are coming out once a year, there's going to be issues. It's yeah. just, I think that... That's the process of making a movie. Right, yeah. right. What, what, what I find interesting, though, is just, I'll, you know, when I'll report about this and you dive in, you get your covert sources and all that telling you how it is, and you've got to triangulate. Like, everybody has a different variate has a variation mm-hmm. on what, how bad it is, and, and you try to present those as factually as you can. And, and uh, I'll write something and I'll think, well, that sounds pretty serious, but it's not the worst case. Like, they did not reshoot half of Rogue One. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Three months before its release. Uh, hmm. But, like, people are like, oh, you're covering for them. It's like, no, no, like, I'm telling you, like, this is what they're doing. Right. Um, yeah. It's just not as bad as you think. And then it comes out and the movie comes out and it's, like, pretty good. 
Yeah. People are generally happy. And it's like, well, see, like you guys, I just don't understand the Cassandra effect of like, let's believe the absolute most dire yeah, that's I mean, that's pro- prognosis. I think that's a great comment on our times <laughs> in the world, too. And, and, and the exposure of this information that, again, to a lot of people might just seem normal. It seems normal if you've been around Hollywood for 20 years and then yeah. it trickles out and, then, and, 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 and you know, it turns into a talking point, which is fine. Well, reshoots right. used to be such a big deal, right? Like, right. oh my God, that movie had reshoots? Right. And now it's like, oh my God, that movie didn't get to have reshoots? Yeah. It's a standard. It's very similar. <laughs> we were just talking about with the acting coach. It's like, yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. Like, when he had, the acting coach was to get him, like, to, to help him. Because a lot of great actors have acting coaches to... On, then, on set. In that case, it really was like, a, let's talk to the directors like they're not able to articulate what it is right. they want him to do right. and and there's yeah. a language that actors speak you know they take all these classes 100 that life yeah. yeah you've got to speak it's almost like needing somebody to explain just more specific information about the lenses as you're helping them tap the cinematographer into, and this is a character this isn't a character that he gets to create on his own right this is someone that he's got to find an essence to yeah. so that that you, you need you need a teacher you need a, you need a sensei i think they're going to pull it off yeah, I think so too. I oh, think I'm so getting too. more and more excited for this. I thing. am, I am too, and especially after reading Last Shot, I'm starting to get uh, more and more. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But anyway, let's let's move on here because this this I know this is going to cause a lot of conversation. So let's get into the second story. All right, so our friends over at the Star Wars show sat down with Kevin Feige. You've heard him. He's made a few Marvel pictures with his team, and he talked about his love of Star Wars. So, Christian, uh, this is going to lead to the speculation, and I always say speculate responsibly, uh, that, uh, you know, he's taking over Star Wars. Go. Today? No. (laughs) No. Ever? Maybe. And I don't mean ever within the next, like, ten years. I mean within the next three or four? Maybe. Maybe. And I'll tell you why I think this. And not only because they're, are they putting him out in, in front? Like, why, why is he coming out? He's coming out to promote the Avengers. That's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's another yeah. Disney property. He's out there on the Star Wars show. But he is a big Star Wars fan. He's he loves a, Star Wars. He loves Star Wars. And so, I don't know, Anthony, I've had this conversation. One of my big things that I had uh, like a month or two ago is that I, my, my personal opinion is that I think Kathleen Kennedy is a tremendous producer, one of the best of all time. I think that one of the things that I think Lucasfilm, my own personal opinion, I would love to see her as a, like the ultimate heading production, and I'd like to see a creative head over there. And I, the creative head that I wanted to see was Dave Filoni, but when somebody said to me, well, what if it was Kevin Feige? I'm not saying no. I think Kevin Feige is someone that could take Lucasfilm and Star Wars, because what the Avengers did, and I'm not spoiling anything, the new one, what it did was it built inside of the core fan base, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to explode across to casual fans as well. It was built inside the core. That movie was made for the core mm-hmm. fan. And that's what Star Wars has not been doing, I think, on the last couple. It's just my, it's minus Rogue One. Rogue One obviously was for the core uh, fan base. But I think that Kevin Feige is someone that would be very interesting. Do I think it's going to happen tomorrow? I don't. I think that Kathleen Kennedy is going to be in charge of creative for a little bit. But I think they would benefit from a different creative head personally. And Kevin Feige, if it wasn't Filoni, yeah, 100% sign me up. The first question is the obvious one. By him being on the Star Wars show, does this mean he's going to be involved in Star Wars? And then the second question, is there a scenario where he could be in charge of Star Wars? This reminds me a little of like the Cold War and like, (laughs) you know, the United States and the USSR weren't talking to each other. And like you have all these other like sort of ally nations and people are always trying to interpret like, what did he say that, you know, he spoke to this person and they have these little casual interactions that that people are reading a lot into. And I I get it. Like that's um, that's that's part of the fun of this Mm -hmm. job we do. Um, But I do think he went on the Star Wars show 
because he loves Star Wars and because it's a mutual Disney company and they have Avengers to promote. Right. So I think they probably said, hey, would you ever talk to us? And he said yes. And now that leads to speculation that he might one day become a, a force at, at, at Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. I mean, yeah. like you say, I guess you could see it happening because he's a really talented guy. But... Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's not. I don't think like Kathy Kennedy is in trouble. I think if she ever just said, "Okay, I've done ten years here, uh, we launched a new couple of new trilogies and some standalone films, I'm ready to go back to making Sea Biscuit two, right. <laughs> right. Right. you know, or whatever." Um, you know, she has an interest in movies beyond Star Wars herself. So, uh, I guess the only answer is sure, like possibly, but I don't think I don't think like she's in any. It's not in the works. No, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, like, could he? Could I could see Kevin Feige like one day becoming a John Lasseter type figure, where he oversees both Pixar and yeah. Disney Animation and Disney mm-hmm. Toon Studios, like where he's uh, elevated to a higher status within the Disney company, kind of overseeing a lot of their films. But I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. One because he has his own toys, and uh, and he's he's. Uh, He's just about to close off this epic 10-year run where he changed movies. Well, that's the thing is that he's still really knee-deep in, in, in Marvel and, and putting together that cinematic universe. Um, he is a Star Wars fan. I think Anthony kind of hit it on the head when we were talking about as far as consulting goes. But people were talking when Iger hadn't signed his contract yet. And people were like, well, maybe Feige one day could run all of Disney. You know, it's like that's the type of conversations this guy is in right now because what he does as an overall fan – that would surprise me. I don't. That, that's I don't even because I, well, I just knowing Kevin as well as I do, like his heart is in story. He's in story. I don't think he wants to worry about like whether ESPN has enough I subscribers. Totally agree. <laughs> you but, know, like, my, my point is that that's the kind of conversations <laughs> alone that you hear about him because yeah, that's what yeah. he has done. The impact he's just starting off at a, as a on a producing level and being an overall fan of the property. I just think that he speaks. Even conversations you have with him when when he's talking to press about about these movies. I never feel like he's trying to sell us. I feel like he legit, like, really believes in all of these stories. There are other producers that are out there that I think are good producers that are selling us and are not really big fans of the properties that, that they don't they, understand it. They just know it's yeah, they know it's pro- the and they know it's profitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's like those so, 1950s record producers who are like the kids like the rock and roll, the kids like the rock yeah. and roll. And I mean, <laughs> give it a shimmy and shake. Personal opinion here too. I don't think that I think Kathleen Kennedy respects Star Wars. I don't think she's a big fan of it. It's just my personal opinion of it. I don't know the woman. I just don't think she's a. a, a but a huge I would fan. say his. I, I do think she she. I mean, this is the woman who produced E.T. and yeah. Back to the Future. Yeah, like, yeah. she gets these kinds of movies. I think she gets it. I just don't think she's a big fan of it. Well, maybe. But, like, uh, I would disagree with that. But I think, Kevin, like, his strength is really he is a fan, but he is able to translate that to the non-fans. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has created fans for these characters that didn't exist before. Iron Man was a backbench character. Yep. Yeah. You know, that yeah. nobody cared about. Yeah. That's why they were able to make Iron Man, because nobody was interested in those film yeah. rights. Yeah, and they do it now. They're turning it out, with whether it's Ant-Man or, you know, Gar- Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Doctor right, Strange. Right, right, I think right, Doctor right. Strange worked at the level that it is, that it's a you know, wizard. But he's <laughs> able to speak to the people who aren't fully invested already. Right. Yeah. Because I think when you make a movie that is geared toward the fans who know 30 years of comic book history for a character... It's it excludes people that they don't have the entry point that they mm-hmm. need, and he's able to say, "I like that Civil War premise. 
let's adjust it and make it accessible. Yes, and mm-hmm. that's that was kind of my, my point before about exploding inside of the of inside of the core because I believe there's only two franchises that can do that. Marvel now they couldn't do it when it started with Iron yeah. Man. You had to make it very relatable mm-hmm. and not just from the inside Iron Man fans. And Star Wars, Star Wars has enough of that core that they could explode out. I just don't, I mean, I want to see them do more of that stuff and make it a little, sometimes you can make it a little more inside baseball. I think Rogue One did make it inside baseball, and I think that they can continue to do that. But It, I, it, it did, but then also, like, if you didn't know that, it had a lot of dog whistles and things, yes. like connections yeah, and all yeah, that. But one you can th- do both. One thing uh, Lawrence Kasdan said to me when I was interviewing him for The Force Awakens, I was asking him, you know, about some of the connections to the other parts of the universe, and he was like, you know, I don't, know the Star Wars universe. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the Star Wars universe uh, mm-hmm. as well as some people. I just wrote most of the movies. And like, <laughs> right. I always think of that as like, that actually is what I, I think, I, you know, I try to remember, which is, as I study, I know, I know a lot about Star Wars, but I try to remember like, don't get so deep into it that you're, uh, you spend a lot of time talking about variations in the Mandalorian armor uh, at the, which makes people go, uh, I'm going to go click uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> one, uh, one of my favorite exa- is, is uh, people say, what's your favorite lightsaber style? And I'm like, uh, the, the one where they fight. Like, I, I yeah, don't right. know Form 7. So I don't care, don't want to know. I want to see fight. Yes. Oh, know? the fighting style. I yes. I meant like, oh, well, I that know. too. But like, what's your four? What's your four? I, I, but I but again, I go back to the point. I, I agree with that. But don't come out in 2014 and be, make the announcement, hey, guess what? Everything that we're doing in the books and the comics and all this stuff, it's all going to count. And who made that announcement? Kathleen Kennedy. So where you're saying all this stuff, pay attention to all of it. I don't know what you're trying to do. You're trying yeah. to sell all this stuff, as you should. But then you're going to be beholden to that. If, you're, mm-hmm. if you start saying, well, pay attention to all this stuff in, in Rebels and then pay attention to all this stuff in the novels and the comics because it's all going to count. You got to make it count. You got to go inside because when when you make that announcement, because Feige didn't say that about comic books. He didn't say read all the comics, watch all the stuff. It's all going to count. That's the difference. In In fact, they've they've actually broken that with the you know the Netflix Marvel shows, which originally started out tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now they're 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 right. And they stayed away from it. Occasionally, they'll look at the camera and say, "By the way, we're part of the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe." Otherwise, there's no (laughs) right. They mentioned like, remember the New York invasion? Mm -hmm. I just I just think that maybe they shouldn't have. Yeah, but I I, I think it's slightly different. So what's Kasdan saying here is, I just I just wrote the movies. I mean, that's like (laughs) like that's kind of the thing where it's like a lot of these. I don't know a lot. About <laughs> yeah. the right. Catholic faith, <laughs> I just built the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Where I just, right. and, and I think it's, what you're saying is correct. I agree with what you're saying. Like, hey, they did announce it. We all geared up. I just, I, I, I see a lot of a lot of the tweets. And like, well, what do you think about that? Like, don't get bogged down in little things. Just enjoy the story as it falls out in Sometimes front of you. It's too much. For me. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, you know, I'm fighting for a Star I, Wars I trivia think, championship. I don't, I don't know a lot of these things because it's not important to to my right. experience in Star Wars. You know it might lot. be yours. <laughs> I know a lot, but it doesn't matter a lot to the story. Uh, to Sure. People are always trying yeah. to catch you in some sort of like uh, canon violation. Right. Yeah. Whenever I, I see that, like uh, some very specific thing, uh, I always think of Lucy Lawless on The Simpsons when somebody asks a very like detailed question. She's like, you know, anytime you notice something like that on Xena, a wizard did it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's, that's, again, I just, it's, just, it's just broken record. I just think yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I just think that then you just got to be careful when you're the head of the company saying, Pay attention to all of it because as fans, yeah, we're going to sure. pay attention to all of it. Every fandom just needs – every fandom needs a, a dose of uh, Sergeant Hulka's advice from 
stripes. <laughs> Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, all right, what's, uh, what's next? Uh, all right, up, next we're going to <laughs> Las Vegas, where I'll be next week, but I'm going for the pro wrestling. This is for CinemaCon, and this is, well, I'm not going to go into the details. It's a spoiler alert, yeah. but just in case we talk about it. But they unveiled footage because CinemaCon is for theater owners. It's like, hey, you want to show our pictures? Here's the stuff. Now, mind you, they do change some stuff. Famously, our good friend JJ, uh, when they revealed some stuff from Into Darkness, they very much hid Con from that and went with the John Harrison thing, had some different dialogue right, type of stuff. Right. So you never know what to believe. But they showed a key scene. Uh, the Sabat game uh, that we believe is going to be one of the key points of the yes. movie. Anthony will probably tell me, nah, no, no, you can't. No, it is very is important. Very important. Uh, and it's uh, revealing some stuff about the history of the Millennium Falcon. Okay. So, good stuff. You excited for this? Yeah, but you know what, what I've think? been doing? I've been staying away from it now. Yeah, and I, and I, I think, think the event- so close. But I think the Avengers uh, Infinity War trailers, I, I stayed away from them, and I think that I enjoyed the experience a lot more. I mean, because I think the difference is with this. Yeah. Obviously, I would do a Star Wars show, so you want to, you want to talk about these yeah. things. But because I knew that it was about this particular scene, could have guessed that that was going to happen. I could have guessed that the Kessel Run was going to happen, that he's going to meet Chewbacca, that he's going to go and Kashyyyk. You're going to see him as an they're, Imperial They're officer. kind of revealing the things that if they weren't in the movie, people would be outraged. So they're saying, yes, they're letting you know. You want right. yeah, are yeah. in there, but then I think there are also yeah. how much? On that. And I don't know if you reported on this right. If you do, I apologize. But how much of the movie have you already seen? Oh, I haven't seen. Uh, I've not seen like an assembly. Ron just finished it like last week. Okay, so. but you saw, you've seen like clips and stuff. Like, yeah, say, same types of things. Okay, so I agree. I think that this is when you you want to see the dynamic. You get to hear um, Lando, and you get to see a little bit more of the interactions. I think that the thing that has stood out to me, and I still think that Lando and Chewie are going to be the two big standouts. I think that's what they're going to do, and, and really put the story in Chewbacca's lap because it seems like he's going to Kashyyyk and that he's, we're going to see the life debt and we're going to learn more about the dynamic and maybe some baby Wookiees. Yeah. It seems like, you know, with the, when you, when you have the Christmas special stuff, because they've already made the Christmas special stuff, the the characters inside of that special are already kind of, when you have, they're going to retcon it and they're going to make it actually cool. That's, that's, that's the the goal. Well, well, what do you mean? Actually cool. You don't like that. There's I no, have a copy of it. I, what does that mean? It's, I watch it. It's you know, I've never seen it. You don't need to. It's well, horrendous. It's horrendous. <laughs> but it's, it's fun. <laughs> it is horrendous. It is, it is, it is I've watched like, pieces of it. Yeah. The birth of Boba Fett. It is weird when we're sort of like, separate yeah. conversation, but like uh, the Battlefront 2 Ewok hunt was the best thing to that game. That what is it? I didn't play it. Uh, it's c- coming on already, but you, you, you spend a, a night on Endor, you're 15 stormtroopers against Ewoks, and the Ewoks hunt you, and it's literally like a horror film. Oh, right. And they use the Ewoks get to use Wisties, which is from the Ewok movies well, in the right. 80s, yeah, yeah, yeah. which oh. I would have thought, if you had told me they're bringing something back from the Ewok movies, it would have been like, get up, get out of here, unless it's Teak. But um, <laughs> the Wisties are really cool, and I'm like yeah. all on board. So it's weird talking about the Star Wars holiday special. Start pulling little weird things back in, it kind of well, works. Well, said that, though, didn't he? I mean, also that we're going to see more and more of these types of things from Legends, and yeah. we're going to talk about another Legends character in a second here, too. But I think that's, that's the thing that they've done very well throughout this, whether it's technology or mm-hmm. anything, the characters, they, they've plucked stuff that they've used over the years and years and years of this expanded universe, mm-hmm. and they're using it creatively. I think that's, it's, and you probably see a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned Last Shot, yeah. and I think that the, one of the characters in there, I don't want to say too much about this because it's a little bit of a spoiler, but like one of the characters in that reminds me a bit of Droid World. Do you remember Droid World, the storybook from like the early I, 80s? It was a book, book on tape. Yeah. 
you'd p- pop the tape Oof. in and turn the pages whenever R2 chimed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, uh, if I said the word hoojibs to you guys, would uh-huh. you know what I'm talking he, about? He, he would. Uh, I, would, I would have this like... Uh, Planet of the Hoojibs. Yeah. It's a similar like, book on tape. It's a little storybook. You okay. read along, and these hoojibs were little bunny-like, mm-hmm. salacious crumb-type, okay. cute, but cute creatures mm-hmm. that would eat metal and wiring and so the droids were in, and the starships were in danger yeah, and, and I would love to see that stuff brought back so like you know I don't yeah. remember my, I did watch those shows when they were on TV but that was 35 years right, ago so right. like you know I haven't seen them since but I, I'd be, I, I'm all down for the Ewok redemption I think those were unfairly maligned yeah I think we're going to get some stuff in Solo that if you're like the hardcore expand old expanded universe legends if you will um, you're going to go oh Wait, look, I think this is going to be the biggest kind of Star Wars adventure out of all the ones that we've had so, more, mm-hmm. so far. And I think you might see the most planets. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. One of the other things, to kind of jump into the next story here, was yep. that we finally get to see um, Dryden Voss. Mm-hmm. And we, we learn a little bit more about him. And some people are speculating that it's going to be a ruse and that Jabba is going to be the ultimate gangster. I don't think so. I think they're setting up Voss. I think Voss is going to be the one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jabba shows up. But mm-hmm. when, by the time we get to episode four... He doesn't really have any ill will towards Han yet. He's just telling Han, "Hey, you're gonna have to pay me, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm gonna send more people like Greedo." But come on, come here, Han, my boy. Step on my tail. Um, so that's a. But I don't think he's the villain. What, what do you think? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to know before yeah. I yeah. went into that if he was a, if he was a twist. You know, Ron uh, Howard took a f- selfie with um, Paul Bettany mm-hmm. and said, "Like my good friend Paul here, wrapping up his work on Solo." back yeah. when they were still mm. shooting. And in the background, there was this silhouette of Boba Fett. And, it, and I, I thought, uh, people were speculating about this, like, oh, is that was he, this is a little tease. And I was like, this is pretty clever, so right. Boba Fett in the deep background. Yeah. Uh, but then we've now seen images that show that he has Mandalorian like, yeah. art displays and all that. And I was like, Ron Howard, you've done it again. I dig that. And I, I do like that. But I do think Boba Fett's going to show up also because, again, um, I think we talked about this last week. When Josh Trank was attached to the Boba Fett movie, mm-hmm. the big rumor was the fact that there was a scene inside of his Boba Fett movie that had Han Solo in it, and then Han Solo would have that same exact scene, and then they would just you'd see him in different positions uh, yeah. in each one of the in each one of the movies. Yeah. Um, I do think he's going to show up again. I think that it'll just be kind of like a competition. You won't see Boba Fett hunting Han Solo because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. not what's happening at this time. Right. So um, again, lots of lots of fun speculation. A lot of things people were wondering if Slave One was in it from that shot, but. There's nothing else in there. I think the, all the, the new spots, there's tons of new spots where we're yeah, TV a, spot. a month away. And that's, that, that's really it. So that's all the solo stuff. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into, um, because even the character posters, we've seen, we've seen those. Let's, let's jump into that, the, the last story of uh, movie news. All right. Looking ahead to episode nine. Wow, we've got a lot of fun uh, rumors turned into fact here on the Internet. Have you heard that happening before? It Never. happens every now and then. Uh, so this rumor came around that there was this uh, casting call for a uh, female role in episode nine under the name... Mara. So that naturally, I understand, would make people think that the classic EU favorite character, Mara Jade, would be showing up, perhaps being the, the mother of Kira. I mean, Ray. These things always <laughs> go a little different than you think, right, Christian? And so the J.J. Abrams secret box begins. I am, uh, I, I, this, remember this happened during Force Awakens 
when The Force Awakens started to really amp up, we started getting all of these reports yeah. and a lot of all these speculations of all these things. And I wouldn't be surprised if the engine JJ even said that he had kind of throw some tidbits out there for the. I wouldn't be be surprised at all if JJ was throwing this one out there as well too. But this is a uh, no. 100% not happening. You will not see Mara Jade in Episode 9. Um, you will lose everything you have if you bet on it because it will not happen. I don't think she'll ever show up unless, unless it's in some standalone movie with young Luke. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, count it out. Do you think Mara Jade could show up? Uh, I just got an email from JJ. He says, definitely Mara Jade's in the movie. Right. <laughs> so I'm wrong. Uh, I, just lost, <laughs> I just lost my house. No, I think you're right. I think, you know, I don't even know if this report is true that there is a casting call with that name. But if there is, I think that's just a little bit of trolling. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I'm telling you. I think that's exactly what it is. But what do you Otherwise, think? why would you use that name? Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was like, oh, we want this character and her name is Sarah. And she has flaming red hair, and it's sort of a Sarah Connor type tough, you know, <laughs> Actress female warrior. Must be good with lightsaber. Must, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then JJ said, no, no, you know what? Change it to Mara, and we'll get the blogs going nuts. Like, like, you'd think he would put some masking on it, too, yeah, but yeah. otherwise, nah. like, no, I don't think What do you think, Ken? Bruce? <laughs> I, I don't even think it's it's real. Number one thing, the casting yeah. call. I don't think it's yeah. real. Uh, two, yeah, it, it, very, yeah. It, They'll it, get to that right after they cast Meryl Streep as Leia, as Leia, which is also <laughs> exactly, not going to happen. Exactly. Uh, and just in story, uh, you know, I know I get a lot of heat. I'm not a giant EU fan, but Mara Jade was a, a great character, and I enjoyed it. Well, I want to say great. It was a good character. I think I think Talon Card and Thrawn were the stars of the yeah. of the Zon trilogy for me. Jade is Jade is great. The story that would happen, it just it's uh, you know. Uh, and then, and Luke, uh, I know Mark Hamill thinks he had a you know his story right. as an actor creating his backstory. Nathan told him about it. Yeah, that had yeah. well that, but I, I, that that he thought maybe there was a time he had a wife, he had a kid, maybe the kid right. died. Right. Um, and then this article makes reference to yeah, I reported that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Kid ignites the lightsaber. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Throws yes. Right, right, right. Throws it away. Uh, and then the fact that uh, you know they talk about the last Jedi novel, Jason Fry. Luke, this article says Luke had a wife, and that it was like the four. That was Cammy, and it was a different thing. Right. So it doesn't connect up. Uh, I don't He's think like the, Larry King. He's had many wives. Many wives. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Uh, I would love though if the movie uh, opens up and then you're on Octu still, and like around the corner comes this uh, Mara Jade. She's like, "Luke, I'm back. Where are you?" And like just the whole thing's that's the whole movie. Yeah, the whole so movie. It's, it's yeah, over. That's it. So no, <laughs> first grade scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It, it, not it's gonna happen. Not gonna happen uh, at all. I think that there'll uh, be other things that happen inside not, that movie. Not gonna. Be. Not gonna work here anymore. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's more stuff. I think that JJ's gonna wind up tying it together a lot more and from like the force awakens than was then happening last jedi but i don't think it's going to have anything to do with any marriage aids or ezra's or anything along right, that right. line i think there'll be other classic things that happen for sure um but that's it that's everything in the world of of star wars movie news now we're going to move over and it's time to talk about you guessed it there it is nope i guess not all right, what's the deal with canon? Everything happening in the world of Star Wars that relates to the movies. It could be books, it could be comics, video games, and TV shows. And that's what we're going to talk about first and foremost because Anthony is here and today he dropped a bombshell. We finally were getting Dave Filoni back in animation like we thought was going to happen, but we get a little bit more details. Ken, 
What did Anthony report? Breaking news from this man right here. This is uh, this fall. Welcome to the resistance. Uh, the this is a series, an animated series, as you said, uh, inspired, uh, I think, a little bit by some anime. Those that design looks a little Robotech to me. Said the kid who grew up watching Harmony Gold's greatest work. Um, <laughs> this is uh, going to be the story of a young pilot joining the resistance, tasked with a top secret mission to spy on the growing threat of the First Order. What's interesting is. Some of the casting, Christian. Some of these people have been sitting right here, and they had to keep it secret from us. That includes Jennifer Murrow, who knew, who uh, uh, I'm I, 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 uh, friends with as well. Bobby Moynihan dropped some hint here. Couldn't talk about it. And our friend Faison. Donald Faison, yeah. who was playing around with Floney at the Rebels premiere. But some of the castings uh, uh, also go on. to kind of try to get down to it here. Christopher Sean, Susie McGrath, Scott Lawrence, uh, Myrna Velasco, Josh Brenner uh, from Silicon Valley, uh, Jim Rash. Community, Groundlings, uh, and Oscar-winning uh, screenwriter, right? right? Along with Nat Faxon, uh and uh, Rachel Butera. Jim Rash is kind of like if C-3PO met the Blue Fairy and became mm. a real boy. That's that's a great description. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask. So let's get it straight from the horse's yeah. mouth here. So, enough, enough of me babbling. This guy's yeah. got yeah. Tell scoops. us everything you know. Uh, it's set at some undetermined point before the events of The Force Awakens, and it does for this new trilogy what Rebels did for the original trilogy, which is here's how the Resistance formed, here's the threat they were facing, and uh, I think you're going to see through the eyes of new characters some familiar characters. And Mm. the surprising thing to me is that they announced uh, some of the original or or existing characters that would be a part of this show. Mm. Poe Dameron, with Oscar Isaac voicing him, Captain Phasma with uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie voicing her and BB-8. So right there, that's pretty tantalizing. If yeah. you like the original, if you like the new trilogy, and um, and then you've got these new characters and this character. I'm blanking on his name. It's Ziono, right? Uh, Kat- yes. Uh, uh, yes. Let me sc- scroll down to it because I'm I moved away from it. That is. Uh, um, that's not in this article. I need to go to your article. Oh, I'm on StarWars.com. The wrong article. But, yeah. So you, <laughs> but uh, but it's a it's it's going to be uh, yeah, performed by uh, an actor named Christopher Sean. He's uh, on, I think he's on Days of Our Lives. Okay. He was on yeah. Hawaii Five O. Japanese part Japanese American uh, actor who. Uh, you know, he's going to be playing like an Asian pilot, which I think, uh, you know, yeah. representation is a big deal to a lot of folks. And he'll join Rose Tico as one of the first lead Asian characters in the Star Wars universe. Of course, they're not actually Asian because there's no Asia in the galaxy <laughs> far, far away. But, you know, yeah. uh, speaking just from in terms of our own world, that I think that that's kind of a cool thing. And uh, and the idea that it's like World War Two theme. Right. And yes. anime theme like that's an I- interesting cocktail of ideas. Love so that. I guess the first question I have is so and do you get do you, like so you get a phone call from Lucasfilm and they say because they're giving you the scoop here and they say they, you. Yeah. Here's here are all the details. And within that, though, do you get a vibe of are we getting Clone Wars type of the feel? Are we get more Rebels? Or are we getting something? Even- no, there's a lot I still have questions about, and so mm-hmm. I ask my questions and try to get specific things answered, and uh, and uh, and I sometimes get no. This is all we're going to say at this right. point, and sometimes I get a little more mm-hmm. detail than they were initially going to give out. But there's still a lot I'm curious about right. who these characters are, how much we'll see of existing. Characters beyond Poe and, and and Captain Phasma, both of those things, I think those are both cool characters who yeah. who, who we want to see more of. Well, you got to so, see Phasma as a get. You definitely want to see Phasma because like the, so we, I think we all agree, she just we didn't get much of her at all in the first two movies that came out. Yeah, Poe had a big storyline in the second one. Mm-hmm. Now you report is it Disney XD? 
It's on the Disney Channel first and okay. then on Disney XD. So I think it's that just okay. that just means like it airs first here and then right. So shows just, there. Uh, mm. Do we and when when is uh and when are we looking at this thing Fall. airing? Fall. Fall. Did, of, but no already. specific date yet. Okay. So so, so look, this summer you're going to see a lot of. Okay. Resistance. So speculation mm. was was correct, and what we said what we were talking about was that they've already been shooting this, this yeah. thing. They yeah. already got it. They've been working on it for a while. It's just a matter of when they're going to release. It's very similar to what they did with Rebels. You probably get a push at Comic Con um, because they're they're not doing any Marvel stuff. Star Wars will probably have some kind of presence, even mm. because there's no celebration this year. There's no D twenty three. So maybe but there's a little... no movie after May for you know right right two years practically. So but they could if they were going to do because I'm starting to waver. I was. I was on the fence with whether or not I thought Obi-Wan was going to happen at all. I thought that it was going to start to go away. But now I'm starting to come around and think maybe it will hit that 2020 date. Maybe they finally announce it at Comic-Con. Probably not. I say if it gets announced, it'll probably be in Anaheim next year. Um, Nobody likes to announce things at Comic-Con anymore. I know. It's it's, true. It gets overwhelmed by all the other announcements. And so I think... I think it'll be a quieter Comic Con this year. Yeah, I think you're you're right, but I mean, um, the questions then start to come with resistance. Is that you were talking about before with with canon? Is that we do know in Claudia Gray's novel and Bloodline, the resistance started about six years before mm-hmm. the Force Awakens began. So you would assume that that's kind of where we're going to see the majority of it happen. There's also the big kind of the catalyst of all that was that Leia was going to be running for office. It was exposed that she was uh, Vader's daughter. Will we see any of that stuff? Will we see her interact with Holdo? Um, I'm sure that you're. Probably, oh, that's cool. You're sure you'll see some of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's more stuff inside of the politics of Star Wars that worked in that novel. I think the major thing that this will probably reveal is a uh, Snoke information. Right? Oh, Snoke, yeah. where does he come from? Like he's the driving force behind the Resistance or behind the First Order, yeah. which inspires the Resistance as sort of this Iran Contra kind of mm-hmm. like uh, the mm-hmm. Republic doesn't actually want to fight these guys. We're just going to fund your movement, and you guys right. can fight them. Yeah, because they were yeah. trying to demilitarize Black the, Ops, the, 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 the Republic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then that's that's what happened is that they Mon Mothma wanted to demilitarize the whole entire Republic, and then Leia still wanted to build this kind of outside organization. There's so much that they've already set up inside of it that they probably will continue inside of this. You know, and uh, the one thing I wanted to see, and I was really hoping that Dave. Filoni would take on is uh, I would love to see like a lone wolf and cub style story about Luke and, and young Kylo Ren yeah. going through the galaxy trying yeah. to you know investigate Jedi lore and collect artifacts building the temple you know and build yeah. the temple and all that I would love to see that brought to life through animation especially because Mark Hamill's you know yeah. able he's a great voice actor yeah. he could play that and so. again it's only six years beforehand too because that's mm-hmm. when Ben had left with Luke by, by this point Kylo is not Kylo. He's Ben mm-hmm. Solo, and yeah. that to, to see that would be yeah. would be incredible. But that influence of Snoke on him and, yeah. and on the others, uh, I think that's fertile, pretty fertile ground. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for it. I, think I mean, you're also right, really, uh, you mentioned uh, was it Robotech? Robotech. You know, yeah. the, the design on that X-wing is kind of cool. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like a little bit of a hybrid of the X-wing. Yeah, and, look, and, then and the, the, uh, the old Z95. What was the bit? Starship from the prequels? Uh, the uh, you talk about the N one star the N one starfighters yeah for the, the I boom. only yeah. wrote some of the movies I only Star Wars but you know what I mean it looks like a little bit of a hybrid there yeah. and that's that's kind of cool so um, yeah it looks you know and Dave I remember him telling me uh, when he was we, we were doing an interview about uh, about Rebels and he was like you know I like bringing in all the other starships and all that but I'm holding off on the X wings when you see those those should look like yeah, yeah. those should be like. Uh, 
you know, the bombers from M- Empire of the Sun when they fly over. And the, yeah. And uh, Christian Bale's like, Cadillac of the Sky. Right, right. <laughs> did, did, they, did they talk about how it's because Rebels had like kind of not, not clear cut to where they said they we're doing four seasons, but there was an end game for because Clone Wars didn't really have an end game. It was yeah. the only game in town at the time. And well, did they talk about that at all? They didn't talk about that. I mean, they're not going to say. They just announced the show, so they're going to no, say, but here's I mean, what but, it but is. So, no, 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 no. But sometimes, but sometimes they do say that this is going to have You know, we know once we want to go from here to there, not that we're going to do four seasons of it. But I'm going to tell you, yeah, I think when you're a show, that, like these are shows on Disney Channel and Disney XC, so they're for everybody, but they're mainly like they're kid-friendly. And if you're making kid-friendly animation, you should bank on a maximum of three or four seasons right. because kids just grow up and they lose, they move on and lose interest. You know, a, a, an animated mm-hmm. show geared toward, toward adults can run for a long, long time, but usually you're looking for a kid's show, uh, primarily family show, to run four years. And I'm glad mm-hmm. with that because I think you, you can tell your story inside of yeah. that and be concise as opposed to when you start to push it. I mean, look at, like, if it's not a kid's show, but look at The Walking Dead. They're just making episodes and you just... You just Look at the dip on the ratings of that because they're just making it, and making, it, making it. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad that that's uh, that's. I believe what I agree that I think that's what will probably happen. Three or four seasons get in there because another reason why I want that to happen is because I'm convinced that Filoni is going to be involved one way or another in that Favreau TV series. I'm convinced of it, and I think mm-hmm. that he's going to whether or not he directs episodes or he consults on episodes. And I think that that show doesn't necessarily have to be contained into that three or four seasons. That could go five, six, seven, depending yeah. on what they do. So, do you think that Filoni will cross over to that to that that element in the in the streaming series? I think he might. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely a part of the brain trust there, and uh, and he knows television, and uh, he's interested in it. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I hate. I, has, I hate. I hesitate to speak about that because you know I've asked him, and he's given me the. Eh, right. You know, right. Pull the cowboy hat down a little. You know. <laughs> he's, he's made it very um, clear yet yeah, because I've had the chance to talk to him. Uh, but as he's well. into it. You he's know. into it. But he's in, but he, he but likes to try him, new things. He wants to do more. Every time I run into him, I'm like, "When are you going to direct a, a live action film?" I'd love to do it. It just depends on when the opportunity ever presents itself. But he's focused in on this. He's focused mm-hmm. in on I think the Favreau stuff, and he's going to. I think that that's what's ultimately going to have to happen, and I bet you he knows it too. Is that he's got to he's going to direct an episode, or one or two or ten episodes of that Favreau series, and then people are going to go give him a movie because right now he is looked. I think unfortunately him and Kevin Kiner they're looked at as the animation guys. Like Kevin, no, it's like anywhere story. you work, you get yeah. kind of pigeonholed. Totally. You're good at this, right. you know. Yeah. But uh, but he's like the Luke Skywalker of Lucasfilm right now because he's the last connection mm. to the old. Jedi, right? right? He's yeah, the yeah. one who worked with George Lucas, and the others are all pretty new to this. Even right. though they know the stories, obviously, but mm-hmm. he he knows this was George's vision, you know. And some of George's ideas are not great, but he's he knows the good ones, and he knows the he knows the history pretty well. So yeah, he knows the philosophies guy. of it. That's totally yeah, philosophies. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Ken, what's uh, what's next? All right, coming up next uh, here, we are looking at uh, Disney Park's Star Wars Land stuff. We got a photo update: Galaxy's Edge. Uh, what is that? I always forget that planet. Back, back, back to what sure. is? What is the planet? We don't know yet. We don't have to know until it gets. No, photo. no, no. The planet's out there. Oh, I, right. I always forget. Why not Dantooine? Dantooine. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like did we have we ever visited Dantooine? Uh, in, in new canon, I don't think uh, so. For from a certain point of view, Doctor oh, Aphra is on Dantooine uh, when they're searching for the. Rebel I always bands. feel like Dantooine was just Leia, like uh, 
Right. Dan Dewey. <laughs> it's like Wayne and Wayne's World 2. Yeah. Uh, a man making a canoe. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they knew it must have been like evacuated or something. So she uh, mean, she, got, yeah, yeah. She was, it was kind of a, a piss poor move to poor Dan Dewey. Was, well, it, there was nothing there, I think. Yeah. Uh, but we got some updated pictures and updated information. Pretty excited. Um, I don't know when I'm actually going to be able to get here. Probably 2025. It's the lines will be go. that oh, long. The lines will be that long. But well, we're opening we're, soon. We'll get a press. I think yeah, so. Special probably. treatment. I think Official probably, business. I think yeah. we'll probably ha- be able to. They're going to want people to cover it for sure. And um, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I told my wife that you're not going to notify me for at least the first year because mm-hmm. I'm going to be there a lot. And the good news is that my, my six-year-old is becoming a tremendous Star Wars fan, so she will be with me, and that will be more of an excuse for us to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, but, I mean, it's still, you know, if, you, any, if there's any indication of what the Harry Potter stuff has done, and like you were talking about before, that kind of blank check that Star mm-hmm. Wars has, this is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Yeah, so. I think that could be. I mean, so the pictures alone have been cool, but I don't know what else they could possibly add right now that I, I that they yeah. haven't shown. Yeah, um, yeah but you know, one of the things I do want to talk about inside, besides just the Star, the Star Wars land, is is last shot because we're about. I mean, I'm about. I think. Um, like two hundred pages in, something close close to that, and there are three. For for those of you who don't know, last shot is the is the latest novel, and it is it it chronicles the. Han and Lando about two years after Return of the Jedi Mm -hmm. and that part of it is the present then you jump back 15 years in the past with Lando for part of the book and then there's 10 years in the past with Solo I like that they did that so Lando's on is before the events of Solo and Han and Chewie is like right after it's like right afterwards so um, Mm -hmm. and there are things in there and again no spoilers there are things in there going oh so that must happen oh there's there's solo Star Wars story spoilers in this book. Yeah. Very, they're not like out. Eh, oh, eh, oh, it but, just makes you yeah. go like, oh, something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. things that happen yeah. that you're like, oh, well, that's got to obviously happen. And, 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 but it works. Not in a way that I'm like, yeah, it's a great book. book. Yeah. Daniel Jose Older's great, great writer. Yes, he is. Yeah. But he should not be narrating. And I'll tell you that. Here's the thing. I, oh, did you listen to the audiobook? I read, I read, like, I read a bunch of the pages and my drive here is so long that I'm like, you know what, what I'm going to do, what I normally did is for Thrawn also. I'd go home and I'd read it. But then on the drive, the parts that I just I listen to, it. and Mark Thompson, who is the best narrator of all time in Star Wars books, he does. I mean, his Han and his Lando have gotten even better than they were before, mm-hmm. and he does all the present stuff. And then they jump for Lando. It's a woman. I don't remember her name. She's actually pretty good. I think she she's okay at first because she does the the new who's the new droid L L three L three. So L three. She brings to life great. It's always you know her doing Lando's voice. You, you get you get over it. But she, I thought she was great. The author, who again I think is writing a tremendous story, it just doesn't do the characters. It's not. It's like you can tell that he's not experienced reading sure. it, and it, it, it takes you out of it when you're it's listening to it. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like I wish I was could read it when he's it, it, again. He's doing a tremendous job. I care about his story. I just that, that's the only critique I have of that. Um, <laughs> but the actual the actual um, story itself. Yeah, I like it. I think that there's there's stuff in there that it's a little repetitive here and there. I don't know if you how far along you are. Right a, now. I am. I can tell you exactly as of this morning, 221 pages yes, into the you're book. A little ahead, a little ahead <laughs> than I am. But uh, but I think there's 
there's a good villain that I'm curious about. I, mean, I don't know if he's a villain yet. It's like there's, there's stuff about mm-hmm. him I want to learn more about. So mm-hmm. it's intriguing. I recommend it. I mean, this is – and I'll tell you how I feel about it by the end of it. But, Anthony, which, which – um, you haven't started Last Shot yet, right? No, I read it. Yeah, oh, I, you I, I interviewed Daniel. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, great. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was one of the better mm-hmm. Star Wars books in terms – I think they're all pretty readable, but some mm-hmm. of them just have more there's, – there's, they're more necessary. Like I love the – the uh, the 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 Phasma book, yeah, yeah, you know, I thought that was great. And Bloodline, I think those are two like vital reads. Um, but this one was, um, you know, it does jump around a lot between yeah. those different time periods. But I thought it did a good job of fusing the past with the present. When, even when you think of yourself, like you know, how, however old you are, think of yourself twenty years ago. You're a different kind of oh, person, sure. right? And and yet the things you did then set the course for where you are now. And mm-hmm. I love the idea of older Han and. Lando dealing with uh, the the incidents of the past, right? Mm-hmm. They're no war heroes, but they also did some shady things yeah. back in the day, and yeah. that's coming back to haunt them. And the the villain is a pretty interesting guy. Is it Faison Gore? Is yeah. That his yeah. Name? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's a, a doctor, and you get to see. There's a fourth storyline, a fourth timeline too, that takes place back in the before pre- that, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. prequel yeah, era. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Where he's a young medical student, and his buddies hurt. On, on yeah, head. yeah, he's right. like gets taken out by a cartel, right? You right. know, and uh, and he has this contempt for the human body because it breaks down in case. So here's a healer who's disgusted by. Mm. Organics is that what they call it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Organics in Star yep. Wars, yep. and and he becomes obsessed with droids. Yeah, and um and wants to liberate droids, but also wants to rule droids, which again is an interesting clash right. of views. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a pretty great villain. I, I so far, I mean, I'm really yeah. enjoying him because it's what I liked yeah. the way that Alder actually set him up was that it's this kind of mysterious way that he becomes like, it's almost like a Kaiser Soze. I mean, mm-hmm. Granted, we see that, that scene that you're talking about, but there's more about how he but became... corrupted, too. Like yes. a good person, a doctor, somebody yeah. who's there yeah. to heal. Now doc, becoming, doc. Yeah, but he, you know, he also, I, th- I like it because he operates in the background. He's like a piece of malware in the Star Wars yeah. universe <laughs> where, like, they've got these big threats, you yeah. know, the Emperor and, uh, and the First Order and Snoke, and yet here's this guy just kind of operating in it very quietly, Almost like a cult leader somewhere who yeah. emerges as this interesting new threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Pretty cool. um, so I really like it. Looks like ringing endorsement from all three of us here. So I would say go out and and get last shot. But and and well, Anthony's finished it. We're going to be finished. Hopefully by next week we can do a review of that book for you guys. And you could probably find that particular review on the Apple Podcast feed. Or if you're on Android, go to Podcast One. If you didn't know, Jedi Council is available on iTunes form now. Excuse me, Podcast form now. And we recommend that you guys go check that out on, again, a drive if you're driving to work, if you're at the gym. But also please leave us some comments and some likes and things like that. It helps us get into the, uh, the, the top charts of Apple Podcasts over there. So thank you so very much. And the last story on canon, Ken? Well, it is Darth Vader 15, Dr. Afra 19. I am uh, still behind on these, but enjoying these series. The Afra one is getting crazier and crazier, and I mean that in a good way. It is like an old-style comic. It reminds yeah. me of a Marvel Star Wars comic from the late 70s. It's getting kind of crazy. But uh, the Vader comic, this, this, this Vader run from Charles Soule, is just getting better and better with a lot of great reveals, a lot of great information. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm actually starting to get caught up now, and I read both of these. Um, I I don't love the Afro comic as much anymore. I like her as a character. I think mm-hmm. she's a cool character, and I like to see kind of her interaction. And, and I like actually, it's funny I say that the first half of this issue, I was like, it just mm-hmm. seems like a repetitive. Like I've read this issue a thousand times before. 
But then the second half of it, I'm trying not to give any spoilers here, the second half of it, something happens and it starts to move the story a little bit more and I found myself getting a lot more intrigued and wanting to know mm-hmm. even more about the character that I already knew. It, it, the first time you ever meet her is in the original, well, not the original, but the Vader comic that, yeah. in canon. Uh, and that kind of ties back into it with the, what happens here. So I enjoyed this issue, the second half more so than the first, but it's the Vader thing. It's, yeah. it, that Vader is the best, the younger Vader is the best comic they have made so far in new canon. Mm-hmm. And the Mon Calamar stuff that they're doing right now, um, it, it continues, it's continuing that arc, and it's Vader doing what he does, surviving the impossible, being as ruthless as, as ever, and again, without spoiling stuff, this is really diving deep into what made Vader Vader. I don't, did you get a chance to read any of these? No, yet? I okay. have. You said young Vader. How old is he? So this series so far is, uh, it takes place, the first issue takes place right after he's put into the suit, Revenge of the Sith. So he, he, is, he, is, going, he is learning how to transform move. away from Anakin yeah. And, go, yeah, and move and move. And, he's, and Palpatine sends him off on missions to hunt down Jedi and, and like all these things. It, and I think there was like the first or second one. He, he makes the red saber. It's, mm-hmm. You start to really learn about him younger and all the stuff that you wanted to see about him going through the hunt of the Jedi. It happens in this comic. One of the distressing things for me when Rogue One came out was I was looking at the uh, Pablo Hidalgo Visual Dictionary, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and you know they had the section on Darth Vader in there, and it said he was 41. And I was like, I'm older than Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's we're, not right. We're, right? we're all in the same boat. It's like watching, <laughs> I'm a big baseball fan. It's like, that rookie I loved is now a manager and retired from baseball, yeah. and I'm older than him. I, yeah. I never thought I would get older than Darth Vader. <laughs> that's the truth. Uh, yeah, they, it's like Homer Simpson is only 33. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, what? <laughs> He's a young man. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, I recommend that one. <laughs> Sorry, right. off I just, no, 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 totally. Uh, but I, I recommend that. That's my favorite one so far. That and I think the Greg Weissman Kanan comic was really good. Uh, there's a lot of really good comics out there. The Lando comic, the Lando comic, the five Lando issue Lando really comic, really good. Great. But right now, Vader, Vader is where to be. So that, I recommend if you want to pick up any comic, uh, I would start with the the newer Vader, the younger Vader, and check that out. But now it's time to talk to you guys and how we ask you to do that. It's all about those tweets, and it's about joining the Collider Jedi Council Facebook group and asking some questions. There's some really good ones this weekend. What do we got? All right, I'm starting on Twitter with Charlie Works too. I know Charlie Works. He shows up in my Twitch streams a lot. And make sure you're doing your Charlie work tonight. He asks, uh, I've been wondering for a long time why Jedi only accept children at a young age to train when Sith will train at any age. Do you think it's a commentary on how rough and jaded people become over time? Wink, wink. Me? Like, I'm a Sith. I am a Sith. Thanks, guys. Good question, Charlie Christian. Uh, Jedi take children when they're very young from their families. They're not good guys at all. What's, tell me about this. Um, be, for that reason alone, I think, because yeah. of the, the anger, the emotion, similar to what Anthony just said, as far as like when you are going through your life and the ways things shape you and things that happen to your life turn you into the person you are today, right? And that's mm-hmm. with adults. They, Sith usually target what? Troubled, angry individuals and to, to who then, but to construct that into no, 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 the way you feel isn't wrong. They want you to feel that's wrong. Yeah. Use that, destroy, you know, and, and that's that's basically exactly what Sith they just go raw emotion. That's mm-hmm. what they're all about, as where the innocence of the Jedi want to be able to, to mold and to teach. I don't necessarily think either one is the right or wrong way, but that's that's the way that I've kind of seen it. I mean, that makes sense. 
but I also think if you take a young student, super young, like what is the average age of the about three, four, three, five, yeah. four, right? Yeah. So that's a human being or a Balian or whatever right. that uh, that doesn't have that you know the provenance of, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're only two, three years old, you haven't been corrupted. You're not a plant. You're not a mole, mm-hmm. and they know that. So uh, it's sort of like, yeah, that's like the, why the FBI doesn't take agents who are, you know, beyond a certain age because it's like, well, what you've been doing for 20 years, right. who you've been associating <laughs> right. with, and there's no way to verify that. Yeah. So this way we know we've had you since you were three, you've been trained, and you haven't had the chance to be corrupted. So, but then also who wants to deal with a teenager? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Huh? Yeah. It's like Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think you're totally right. There's two things here. No, I, I joke about the Jedi. You know, I definitely believe they're coming from the traditional correct position here in uh, in the story. But you know, like look, my my nephew, he's 14 now. When he was young, my sister raised him to think tofu was candy. So he'd be like, uh, "Can I have the candy?" And you'd hand him pieces of tofu, and he'd be like, "You've." Trick this kid into right. and I'm like with Brilliant. Swedish fish from IKEA, just like stuffing into my fat face. So, yes, start them young, and then you can kind of uh, grow them in your own image. Right. And then every good heel, the, their their point of view, their story, you should kind of understand their position. I understand Kylo. Skip their house on Halloween, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's some tofu and the apples. Some, yeah, some soy yeah. curd yeah, bean yeah. squares. Um, yeah, but it's like I I listen to Kylo, and I'm like, yeah. Right. Yeah, your your dad wasn't much of a dad. He was a hero, but he didn't do it. And your mom is busy running the galaxy, right. and your uncle might have tried to kill you. And you say that, though, by the way, and it also reminds me that, again, without too much spoiler, that the Kylo Ren, or Ben Solo... Mm-hmm. Does exist during the times of mm-hmm. last shot. So I'll just I'll just I'll just say yeah. that he exists. So there might be something interesting for you guys to read there. Um, all right, Ken, what's next? All right, now let us. Uh, we got a we got a long one here from uh, Richie Tillman from the Facebook group, but I, I like it here. He says, "Here is my question. I had this theory last year, but hearing that Alden Ehrenreich is supposed to be signed through multiple movies makes me wonder. Maybe they will do a young Leia movie, then do a young Luke movie, then bring all these characters back together. They're thirty years in between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. I think most of us wonder what all Luke." did during that time. We were talking about that earlier. I feel like maybe they're doing a young Solo to get used to a new actor for Han, and we'll do a young Leia, and et cetera, et cetera. What do you think of this idea? Maybe they're going to do an MCU route. Star Wars already a maybe the first shared universe, but doing this can allow them to go back to tell more stories of their favorite characters. All right, so kind of tie back to the Feige question. That's kind of what I was going to say. I'm going I'm to answer back to that. Uh, maybe eventually we'll see, but this actually makes uh, something I wanted to ask you before, and when I brought it up, and I didn't ask you, when all that... Uh, Obi-Wan news came out about uh, director attached and we were going to get something that Kathleen Kennedy at one point said, we're going to have some more news in July about the new movies and she never came out and said anything about it. Have you heard anything at all about Obi-Wan? Yeah, I think Obi-Wan, they're exploring a lot of different ideas. Yeah. Like, we all know that they, they, they created teaser footage for a Boba Fett movie mm, but right. then they had to pull Trank off of that panel and couldn't, didn't show it. Like, is that movie still in the works? Like, possibly. I think they're, they're examining that, and they probably know by now mm-hmm. what's going on. But, uh, yeah, that's a possibility. But I also think the announcement of it was a ploy by, you know, possibly, I don't want to say I know for sure, but, like, it seemed like the kind of thing a director might put out there if he wants to up his um, uh. ask on another movie. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, you want me to do this other thing, but I'm kind of, I got the... I got these. Uh, this happens all the time in the right. trades, too. That's why you have to be very mm-hmm. careful with trades reports because then, uh, you know, an agent or a manager will leak something to the trades to manip- 
to motivate somebody to make right. a deal on the other thing. Like, I know you want to buy this car, but I got this other couple <laughs> coming back later, and they really, they really liked it. You right. know, he so might maybe not you should be buy available. Might not be right. available. Right, right. So um, you know, you up your quote that way. Uh, but but I do think it's it's. I mean, I verified that it is legit that this is something they were exploring. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and of course they are. It's a great right. idea. Sort mm-hmm. of like Solo. Like, yeah, of course you would make that movie. But a Leia movie, fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actress from Stranger Things. The same Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Yeah. Uh, you look at her, like, they, I think yeah. people have made art, you know, of her, like, with the, the buns and the outfit and all that. Great cast. Yeah, like, Sebastian right, Stan right for Young Luke. I don't know if you've seen it, a lot of the fan art there. Have you seen, have you seen the Yeah, fan well, art he thing? looks exactly like him. I think that somebody cloned Mark Hamill and... Uh, Raised him, <laughs> it's crazy, in the like, wilderness, yeah. and put him forth as Sebastian Stan. So, uh, what do you think, Kenny? So, uh, I, I like this idea. I like yeah. this in theory. Uh, yeah, but the theory. other problem is, young Luke. Like we have a young yeah. Luke story. That's the original yeah, trilogy. That's, like that's how much younger are you going to well, get? Well, yeah. but I mean, like I think that middle age Luke. Yeah, I think yeah. it depends on young Luke because I I think that like you were talking. Well, no, because we don't we we don't know yet. Unless it makes me think even more so after the announcement of this animated series. That Favreau series will probably take place like right after Jedi. I think it'll it'll be right after Jedi. Um, and now whether or not you'll see th- that could be an interesting place to to have Sebastian Stan. And hey, he's connected to to Marvel. He knows Sebastian Stan. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe that happens. Who, who knows? But um, there, I don't think you necessarily have to connect all of them the way that Richie here is suggesting. I love the idea of a young Leia. Because even if you see what Claudia Gray did mm-hmm. in her Leia novel, there's so much to understand. I mean, that's like middle age. That's middle age Leia. I mean, no, no, that's bloodline. bloodline. But for, for but the Leia one, oh, she, oh, she, oh, was, the, she yeah. was like oh, sixteen. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So if you had her like yeah. sixteen or seventeen, and you could really pr- what was it called? A princess, uh, princess of Alderaan. Princess yeah. of Alderaan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. And that yeah. that one is um like you could see like I don't think you need to connect them all. Is what I'm what I'm saying? Kind of an Edgar Rice Burroughs title there. Yes, yes, yes. And then but you know for we have Han in one period, maybe you have Leia in one period, then you have Luke, who either appears somewhere else, we, there's so much they can do. But I just think movie wise, it's going to be tougher because, again, mm-hmm. the Ryan Johnson trilogy, the Benioff and Weiss series of movies, Obi Wan if it happens, Boba Fett if it happens. There's there's so mm-hmm. many different possibilities right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Adam Desira asks on Facebook, do you reckon if an old Republic storyline is using a future film or TV series that we could revisit Jetta back when it was thriving and not in ruin? Potentially. Um, I still think that Benioff and Weiss will set their will set their series back when. And whether or not it happens in Jetta or whatnot. Uh, who knows? It would be a nice way to... Like medieval? Star Wars goes medieval? I think so. I think they'd probably go really Low far tech. back. Really far back. And you know, and why not? Because you don't have to connect anything. You can make up the rules and it's put thousands upon thousands of years, maybe before there's even a government. I see, you know, whether it's all Republic or not. Um, but you have I, to have some futurism, though, because you have to have star travel. Yes. Travel between the... Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have Star Wars star without, without it at all. But I mean, like, because even in the Knights of the Republic game, it took place like Two three thousand years before all that stuff, and it was still pretty much what it was. Yeah, yeah sure. all the technology. Yeah, technology yeah. and I think that you kind of need that for Star Wars all the way through. So how how old the technology is and how it happens, I think people will be forgiving of it. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think that Jeddah could show up. Do you think A will ever see anything way back when? And do you also think that Jeddah could show up? I don't know if we'll ever see anything way back when. Yeah. I think that's more something that they say for the diehard fans who are really interested in that, that, that if the casual fans went to 
a movie and it was set 2,000 years before, they would just say, I don't know. You run the risk of people going, mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like Star Wars. Okay. Where do you think um, Benny Elf and Weiss will land? I mean, if you were I, to guess. If I were to guess, I, mean, guess. I have no idea. They've got, it could be anywhere. Okay. Right? Um, but I think, um, I mean, it's a, it's a good guess. Yeah. Only reason I say that is because I don't say you're wrong. No, I, see I just think that they they have some work to do if they're going to yeah. get people used to that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's okay. You got to keep it fresh too. But it's um, I think uh, you know could we see Jet again? Sure. But one thing I have noticed, even talking to Daniel Jose Older mm-hmm. about Last Shot, which was um, you know he had referenced some familiar planets in there, mm-hmm. and one of the notes he got was it's a big universe. We don't like to revisit the same place. Let's mm-hmm. go to somewhere new. Yeah, because you can always create somewhere new, and right. they like to challenge themselves that way. I think that's maybe one of the problems they learned with the prequels: is you're just going back to the same place. It feels small, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair. So um, maybe, sure, you could, but they, there are plenty of other places. Look sure. at all the places Rebels visited. You know, yes. Yeah. Um, and Ken, what do you think? You think that they can ever go to Jeddah, or do you agree that they should just kind of explore new planets? I, I like the idea. I, I like a little bit of return to the familiar yeah, planets. I do but too. I, I, I think I think a lot of us. But then it gets. It's I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like some stuff in the last. Shot, it's like, oh yeah, because I like the prequels and that's a planet in it. Like, it, yeah. what does that get you? Yeah, uh, when it when it works, yeah, it works. Utapa, exactly. Um, Jetta, I loved it when they went back, uh, or not back. Well, they went back with with the Marvel line when you got Luke Skywalker on the remains of Jetta. That was interesting to me, and I think there's a story there, but I don't think I think it would be nothing more than an appearance. Yeah, you know, I if uh, uh, you know some new Darth or something's like camping out on Jeddah. It, it wouldn't add much to me. I don't need it in the Star Wars. All right, let's do the last one. Last one. This is from Jeffrey Steinke on our Facebook group. Do you think Kira, Emilia Clark's character in Solo, is definitely a former love interest of Han Solo? I think it would be more interesting if she was a long-lost sister, making either her death or betrayal more impactful. Um, again, they don't spoil it in Last Shot, but I oh. think they kind of point in the direction that the, the, he's pretty broken up about what, them in general. And I think that she is uh, not his sister. I think she is absolutely... No. Some, they don't reference how or what. We, mm-hmm. we know anyway from the original trilogy something's got to happen with those two because yeah. either she dies or she turns on him or something happens in general. We know that from just... Because where is she? I never, mm-hmm. But in this particular book, he's, bro- he's broken up about her. I do not think that they're related. I actually think it'd be more impactful if... There was this love. I think it's it's more impactful if she dies. Um, I don't want to see. Well, I don't want to say I don't want to see that, but I, it's either she dies or she's going to turn on him. But um, mm-hmm. I don't. You think that she could be his sister? Do you think that's it? No, no, right? <laughs> yeah, Ken. No, no, no. All right. Well, there Although you go. turnabout would be fair play, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah that's true. Go. I know if he didn't know, um, but that's it. That's our. Like, that I feel is, you, Luke. Yeah, the, <laughs> I know what that's show. like. That is the Star Wars show here in Collider Jedi Council. I would like to thank our guest Anthony Brestingham for joining us today. Anthony, where can the good people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm under my last name at Bresnikan, and I highly recommend doing that because when you find all these, a lot, I mean, I can't even tell you how many of Anthony stories we've reported here on Jedi Council. So, um, thanks for that too. By the way, I wanted to say before you sign off, I appreciate you know all the shout outs and you know when you write something and other people find it worth talking about, it means a lot to me. So, well, thank of you guys. course, man. I mean, the, well, the first time I'd actually, I mean, not read your stuff, but the first time I'd actually had seen you was a Star Wars celebration. Because you were doing the 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 um, the panels there yeah. too, and I said I said wait, 
who's that guy? Oh, that's that guy. And then we have mutual friends in Ash Crosen. And, and please come back and join us again. Anytime. It was a pleasure yeah. having you on the show. And Ken, where can they find you, Mr. Kylo? Hey, you can find me at Cadnapsock. Do a lot of things there, including Twitch. Uh, I don't talk about it a lot, but, but my fourth Sunday podcast, big special episode today, our 100th episode of Databank Brawl. Check that out there. And June 2nd. Oh, I will be uh, taking a step towards fulfilling my destiny when I take on Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained, Joseph Scrimshaw, my partner at Force Center, in a big Star Wars number one contender match live at the El Portal Theater, uh, Theater in North Hollywood. Ooh, I can feel the energy building already. Christian. Look, we had uh, about 300 people there last time. Um, we're almost, we're at 200 tickets already. El Portal Theater, June 2nd. Buy your tickets. Now, the winner of that match plays Sam Witwer for the championship um, at, at a date further down the line. But go ahead. The energy was off the charts last time. Can't wait. June 2nd, main event is team action versus the Shire Wolves, Clark Wolf <laughs> and Rachel Cushing. So that's it. And also make sure, once again, go and subscribe. Talk about it on, on iTunes and, and, and the Podcast One. And that Denny's, that Denny's one, send that email in there. Get your voices out there. And we'll, we'll see you guys at the event next Wednesday. I'm Christian Harloff, a.k.a. Harloff Minor. And we'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Mark Ellis here. Thanks for watching this episode. You want to watch more? Then click up here. Or you can click right here for more great content from Collider. If you haven't subscribed to Collider Video, do so right now and share this vid with your friends. Thanks for watching. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back.